Hey, Mel. Bri here. Gotta work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty... Daddy! Hey, Mikey! If you're gonna puke, find the popcorn bowl! But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. <laughs> Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, but I'm gonna get you that budget. Just as soon as... Right. Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Mark Melusis and Andrew Bogish with you here on this Monday morning. We're coming to you live from the Rocky Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is so much more than a house. It's the home of your dreams. And for 30 years, they've been making it better. Rocky Mortgage. Push button. Uh, get mortgage. You've got Shep and Bilotti across the way. Pete McCarthy with your updates. We've got another hour to roll up to uh, right up until 9 a.m. Eastern time here on this Monday morning on a Christmas Eve Eve. As we react to what transpired week 16 in the NFL, for the most part, college football as well, a big-time storyline, MLB free agency as young Jin Ryu signs a big four-year deal with the Toronto Blue Jays as they try and solidify that starting rotation up there in Toronto. Some of the intriguing storylines going on. Let's get to it. Here we go, the three. With the Ravens' win over the Browns yesterday, they have clinched the number one seed in the AFC. There you go. That is Zach Barnes. So people might be listening this morning and be like, Wait, where are the opens? Where yeah. is all the production that you usually hear? Well, uh, we have major technical issues. Correct. I believe the term is hacked um, at, at one point in time. So the point being is that um, our system that has everything on it, we can no longer, well, not no long. right now we can no longer access it. So that's right. why everything is dry. That's why you're hearing just instrumental music that Bilotti, who's sweating bricks across the way, uh, and so is Shep. Uh, the clock is off. Uh, we've got uh, no no bits, no no sound effects, no nothing. We're running dry here on this Monday morning, but that's why... Zach Martin, the three there, was just dry. Zach. Yeah, no, number one. No, no. Because that's gone. We don't yeah. even know where it is. That is gone. Folders are empty. Well, that's exactly right. It's all It's all gone. So. I had a, I had, personally, I had a, I don't know how many, hundreds of drops, movies, references, songs, TV clips, um, clips of, of all of us saying dumb things or funny things, things that, I, you know, I've been here for seven years, seven years accruing things that I thought were funny to play at some point on the air. And at the moment, they are. Well, hopefully, MIA. we're able to get it back. No, fingers crossed. I hope so, because that would be terrible if it's all just gone, gone. Yeah, and now Shep is confusing me. Like Shep's talking to somebody, but his right hand is going, and I feel like he's trying to get my attention and point something to me. No, I think they're working on the clock. Yeah, I, I think he's. Is he talking to Cumulus right now? Yes, our good friends over there. Too. Yes, I think he's believe he's talking to Cumulus. Trying to get our clock right because our clock is also off about seventeen to twenty seconds. Yeah, which is a which is a lot of seconds when which things is, are synchronized right. over hundreds of stations. That's a big chunk of time. Bellotti informed me about seven fifteen this morning that uh, the my uh, close to the six o'clock hour, which was beautiful, elegant, should be heading to the Radio <laughs> Hall of Fame. Yes, no- if I had a folder to save it in Moose, yeah. I would save it. Thank you, Andrew. Nobody welcome. heard it because my it was cut off about twenty five seconds too soon. 
Uh, or I was cut off 25 seconds before I was no, yeah. knew that I was going off. The and air. the end, those last like 17 seconds really were the best. That was the goal. So no one, no that one was heard the goal. Those. Yeah, you got a crescendo, as yeah. they say in the trade, right? You got a crescendo. Yeah. Speak of crescendoing, how about the Baltimore Ravens right now? I mean, they are the number one seed in the AFC. They are the betting favorite in Vegas to win the Super Bowl. Lamar Jackson is the MVP of the league. They have not lost since week four of the NFL regular season. They've gotten better here. Ingram suffers an injury yesterday. They go into Cleveland and beat the team and did it pretty convincingly. The last team that beat them in the regular season all the way back a 40-24 to loss uh, to the Cleveland Browns in week four. They go out there and handle them yesterday pretty easily, 31-15. Now, I don't know where you are on this, but winning streaks, long winning streaks spook me a little bit. Like I'm the guy that tells you during the college basketball season, it makes no sense to be undefeated as you get to 25 and 0, 26 and 0. It's not going to happen this year because everybody's losing this year, but like you don't, you want to lose somewhere along the way. So you, you don't have the added importance of that hanging over your head. I almost want the Ravens to get a loss out of their system here in week 17 when it doesn't really matter, but I mean, they just they just keep surging. It doesn't matter where they play. It doesn't matter how they have to win. They can win with defense. They can win with running. They can win with throwing. They've got the best kicker on the planet, by the way, in a world where no one makes a kick. Justin Tucker never makes a kick. And before Lamar Jackson became Lamar Jackson, it, it's, a, it's a stupid argument, but I always made it that Justin Tucker did his job better than anybody else in the NFL. Yeah. Now, it doesn't... In the grand scheme of things, it's a far less important position than quarterback, running back, defensive end. But comparatively speaking to the other guys in the league and how good he was, there's nobody better than Justin Tucker. And he's on the Ravens as well. Plus, they have, you know, a top three, maybe top five head coach in the NFL running things in John Harbaugh. Um, They are all, there's nothing accidental about them being 13 and two and having the number one seed. No, we discussed it. Earlier in the earlier in the show, Andrew and myself, in terms of the most disappointing team in the NFL, and we talked a lot about the Dallas Cowboys and another yet another disappointing loss and performance yesterday in Philadelphia, falling to the Eagles seventeen to nine. The Cleveland Browns are certainly in that conversation. But let me ask you this, Andrew: Is Lamar Jackson's performance this year the most surprising in the NFL? Oh, that's the, a tough question. The um, Cowboys are the most disappointing, right? Is Lamar Jackson the most surprising? I'll let you think about that for a second. Okay. I think it is. You know, if you told me, you know, and there have been, you know, fascinating storylines and Michael Thomas having 145 receptions for the New Orleans Saints and breaking the mark set by Marvin Harrison with uh, Peyton Manning and the Indianapolis Colts a number of years ago. You know, there have been some really, really great performances this year. Um, But six months ago, if you said, hey, Moose, Christmas week, we're going to be sitting there doing a show and we're going to be talking about Lamar Jackson being the MVP of the league. I would have told you nonsense. Right. not going to be the MVP of the league. I mean, you can't throw the football. Right. Uh, you know, he, last year, oh, they were trying to run it 26 times. They're trying to run the ball like Oklahoma with the triple <laughs> option. You know, it's not going to work. They got fully exposed by Gus Bradley and the, and the Chargers last year in the postseason. You know, it's not going to work for Lamar Jackson. Oh, well, he's working on his throwing motion. I always said nonsense. I would never have believed. I, I think, I think the Baltimore Ravens and Jackson. I think as a as a group, I think it's the most surprising performance in the NFL this year. I'm stunned. We're sitting here that they are the betting favorite 
And by a large stretch here, they are the best team in the NFL right now. Yeah, I'm trying to I'm trying to think if I mean and anybody else that I would pick out here is gonna fall in comparison. Now the Niners have been really good as well, and yeah, Garoppolo's been better. And yeah. probably any other year, they'd be the easy answer. Um, but yeah, I mean when you factor in that he's got. 36 touchdown passes to six interceptions. The, great. The single-season QB rushing record, um, plus everything they do across the board, and that they are without doubt the best team in the AFC, if not the NFL. Um, yeah, they've got it. I guess they've got to be number one. Yeah, I think they are. And that is uh, your top story here on this Monday morning, the fact that the Baltimore Ravens, after yet another victory, riding that winning streak, uh, do have home field advantage throughout the course of the AFC playoffs, and all signs and all roads will lead through Baltimore. All right, number two. The Eagles overtake Dallas in the NFC East <laughs> with their 17-9 win at home over the Cowboys. There Ugh. you go. Well well acted out by Zach Martin, and Mr. Giant fan that he is, as his yeah, Giants were victorious. Yes, you can't say Saquon Barkley. But how about the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, injuries at all, banged up at all. Uh, the Cowboys dropping footballs left and right. Sloppy play coming off a tour de force performance a week ago against the Rams. They go into Philadelphia yesterday and lay an absolute egg as the Eagles win 17-9. Great performance by Philadelphia. Prescott, not so much. We know he's playing with that banged-up shoulder. Elliott couldn't get going running the football either, but that was a hell of a win by the Philadelphia Eagles. It makes it makes almost no sense for all things involved on both sides of this between everything at stake for the the Cowboys and everything the Eagles didn't have in terms of all of their different injuries and whatnot, and somehow they get this win. And as you said back in hour number one, it probably shouldn't have been as close as 17-9. It probably should not have come down to a throw in the end zone that was knocked away that I thought maybe live was pass interference um, on that Eagle defensive back. But they, Doug Peterson, for, you know, they've had some slop this year but they picked a really good time to have one of their best efforts from top to bottom. And just like that, they now control the NFC East. All they've got to do is win at the Giants on Sunday, and they're in. And the Cowboys, on the flip side, go from still having this you know backdoor entrance into the NFC East to kind of solve all their issues now to because I can't see the Eagles not beating the Giants on Sunday. To me, Dallas is not making the playoffs after no. all of this. After all of this, I agree with you, and that's why, we, as we mentioned earlier on the show, most disappointing team in the NFL this year. The Browns are right there, uh, and Kitchens is a disaster as a head coach. Uh, you know, If I'm Cleveland right now, Andrew, we might be able to get into this a little bit more as this hour does go along here, but uh, if I'm the Cleveland Browns, I think I might have seen enough from Freddie Kitchens as a head coach. There are guys that can either coach or there are guys that can't. Uh, they went all in. They, they, you know, his relationship with Mayfield does work, but from the stuff, you know, away from the field to his decision making on the field to the lackadaisical nature in which his team plays, how could you possibly potentially ever look at Freddie Kitchens and say, you know what, he deserves a second year, or this will be a good learning year and go all in on Kitchens next year? I think the 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 thing that saves him is I I don't know that John Dorsey's ready to admit his mistake. That's fair. Uh, I I think that's and that's not any reason to keep your job, but I think that's why. Do you he, think he's the answer there? I do not. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, I can't say that he's never gonna figure it out. He might be a good head coach five years from now because he learns from this, but he's not capable of running that team right now between I agree with that. Baker and Beckham. You know, there's. 
The visual of Odell Beckham Jr. yelling at Freddie Kitchens on the sideline yesterday is never a good visual. Player yelling at coach. No. And I don't buy Freddie Kitchens' post-game description that Beckham was yelling about the way he was being defended by a Raven. I'm pretty sure Beckham was yelling that they threw to Ricky Seals-Jones. And not him. And By the way, on a two-point conversion that they should not have been going for. Which made no sense. And I tweeted yesterday, I'm I'm Mr. Two-Point Guy. I don't remember the last time I said you shouldn't have gone for two. Like, the whole don't chase points argument doesn't make sense to me. You need to get the points when you can get them. But then they didn't need two. No. They needed to kick a, the point after to be down eight to get to go back to playing defense, to get the ball back. And then if you score again, then you go for the tying two. You can't go for two there and fail and then leave yourself down two scores. But they went for it. They didn't go to Beckham. They didn't go to Landry. And... Odell might have been right in screaming at Freddie Kitchens, but you just can't do it. It happens now back-to-back weeks. Beckham this week, Landry the week before, sideline confrontations. It's just, it's a mess, and he individually cannot fix it. No, I I totally agree with that. And we started the conversation talking about the Cowboys, and the clock is ticking on Jason Garrett in Dallas as well. Uh, Ted. You know, the the ultimate insult to yet another disappointing Cowboy performance, the the Dallas Cowboys had a wait in the Lincoln Financial Field parking lot in their team buses (laughs) as another plane was found last night uh, to fly them back to Dallas. Three to four hours, their flight home was delayed because their team flight, uh, the plane they were going to use, had mechanical issues and was unfit to fly. So, you know, think about that. You, you know, you lose a game 17-9. There is no celebration. Garrett's days as a head coach with the Dallas Cowboys are ticking, and you're sitting there in the f- parking lot of Lincoln Financial Field waiting for another plane to get ready to take you back to ha- back home. <laughs> I mean, think about that. Yeah. And it's Christmas week. Yeah, and I, I saw a funny tweet that uh, Jerry Jones is taking it to the Cowboy fans' requests to leave Jason Garrett in Philly too seriously <laughs> by this plane not taking off. That's a good line. Yeah. All right, number three. The Patriots clinch the AFC East division for the 11th straight time. Yeah, they do. Amazingly enough, the consistency, and and we hit upon it. Yes, you could be happy. Yes, you could be smiling if you're Belichick and Brady. There's no question about it. And no, the Patriots are not done, and I'm not going to bury them here on this Monday morning. But I would be concerned about what that offense is. Uh, and what they can and what they cannot do. There's not a great margin for errors. There are paths for the Patriots to get to where they want to go. AFC Championship game, potentially the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'm not writing them off here, Andrew, but it's a fine line here. There's not a great margin for error because there's not a lot that Patriot offense does well right now. No, and it's it's so. But I'm I'm here. I am again, still kind of relying on the smoke and mirrors and the genius of of, of Belichick and Brady. I, I thought that. While it still wasn't perfect, uh, I thought Saturday was better, and it was the kind of the blueprint for how they're going to have success if they have any in the postseason. Um, they went, again, head-to-head, looking at it as objectively as possible. They are not better than Baltimore. They're not better than Kansas City. I don't even know that they're better than the Bills, even though they've beaten them twice. But the game in Buffalo involved the questionable hit that knocked Josh Allen out, and then they were beaten for a good chunk of this game on Saturday and figure it out. And if they do see the Bills again, it would be in Foxborough, which certainly would be to their benefit. I think they're going to get the number two seed, so that week off obviously helps them as well. Um, they they are definitely broken, and they are definitely vulnerable, but they're also still the Patriots, and that gives me, unfortunately, a lot of pause. Yeah, and I listen, and I get that, and I understand that. Um, 
and I, I understand there's a trust factor. I've made the argument before when talking about the New England Patriots, Andrew. You trust them more than you trust anybody else. Yes. You trust them in a big-time spot. You trust that coaching staff. You trust Tom Brady. You trust that the moment's never going to be too big for them. There does come the thing called talent, and they've not been able to make up for the loss of Gronkowski all season long. Nope. They have not. Uh, Edelman, he, you know, some argue that maybe he's a little bit banged up. They don't have a deep play threat. They don't even have anybody to stretch the field. They can't win at the point of attack with that offensive line. Uh, losing their center for the season certainly is hurt. And David Andrews, uh, the former Georgia Bulldog, there's a lot with this Patriot team. Now, can they overcome it? Can they out-execute you? Or do they do it smarter and better than everybody else? Yeah, for the most part, they do here. But you can re- you can certainly be concerned here going into week 17 about exactly what this Patriot team is going to be offensively. Yeah, and and, and and if you're me and you want them to be done and out as fast as possible, you have to hope that yeah, you're hanging your hat on that being their downfall. That's it. That they just they can't find a way to score enough points to survive. So there you have it. Your three big storylines here. The Baltimore Ravens, your number one seed in the AFC and their home field advantage throughout the course of the AFC playoffs. The Pats, once again, winners of the AFC East after their 24-17 victory over the Buffalo Bills Saturday afternoon, middle game of that triple header. By the way, I love Saturday NFL football during the Agreed. holidays. I love the fact that you sit there, you throw a game on, it's one singular game. You can have it on in the background and come back to it. You might be doing things around the house. You might be wrapping gifts. You might be you know, making love, whatever it might be. It's on, and you get the triple header taking you into the night. I think it's fantastic. I love it. And it was three good games. I mean, the first game was annoying because Jameis kept throwing picks. Oh, my God. Um, it was terrible. And I thought, and I... I thought the broadcast was terrible sat the first game Saturday. Dude, I, Eisen. I love Rich Eisen. He was awful. He's not a play-by-play guy. And I and like that's a it's a different skill. It it drove me nuts when networks took like the actual broadcaster off their pre and post game shows. Remember when the ESPN did that? They didn't have a lead like a, an actual person. It was just a bunch of players. Right, talking. And it was a, it was mayhem. Like you need somebody. The skill is being a traffic cop. And the skill is calling a game. And that's just not Eisen's skill. It's just not. It's not a knock on him. It's just reality. He, that's not what he's good at. I, I, listen, I totally agree with you. And he was, number one is, his voice also did not cut through. Right. It did not cut through any of the action whatsoever. I'm not saying you have to have a big Tom Brenneman type of voice. Right. But your voice needs to cut through, and his did not. The other thing is, you're watching the game at home, He's talking about guys catching the football where they're dropping the ball. Yeah, like, yeah, I know. It was. It, it just wasn't it good. It was. It was a terrible broadcast. Yeah, and it's hard when you're not working regularly, and he's not to just drop in and do anything well. Well, right, and and, and it, it's being put in a position. Well, I mean, but if you want to do it, go do it. Right. I mean, you know. But the point being is that I get what bothers me is there are guys and gals that do that for a living. Right. That don't get that opportunity. Because you have somebody that hasn't done it all year long or maybe did it 15, 20 years ago, and they say, oh, this will be a good idea. Let's give you the Saturday, you know, double header, triple header, yep. the first game. Meanwhile, there's some people that do that for their career and are de- more deserving of that opportunity and would do 10 times the job on what we had to go through on Saturday afternoon. And my guess and is – I like Eisen. Me too. And he, I think he was he's, just terrible. He's, he was great. On Sports Center, his radio show is entertaining. He's great on the, and I don't. You've we've discussed this. I don't like pregame shows, but he does a good job on that Sunday morning with all of those different personalities. 
keeping the conversation going, moving through everything. He's good by himself. It's just that calling games is not his thing. My guess is that's even a negotiated thing in his deal. Like, I get a London game and I get a Saturday sure game. Like, so, like, he but wants I don't need to, to do it. No, that's fine. But you know what? Here's the point. He's not good at it. No, it's not his thing. It's not his thing. And there are other people that you feel bad because there are other people that are more deserving that are sitting home watching that game being like, this is awful. Right, or even, you know, they used Burkhart and Charles Davis for the, the Niners-Rams yeah. game. Like, there are talented people on Fox or CBS they could have pulled across. Well, I can't remember who did Pat's Bills. Oh, because I was watching it at a party, so I didn't have the TV, the actual sound on. Who did that game? I don't remember. Uh, oh, it was oh, Tariko. It was Tariko. So that, so that was in good hands there, too. It was good, yeah. Right. So, I mean, Tariko and Kevin are great. But they could have pulled, you know, Andrew Catalan across from CBS. You know, they, they you know, CBS is probably going to keep, obviously going to keep Nance, probably going to keep Eye and Eagle. But he could have taken Catalan, could have gotten somebody else from Fox. Uh, I heard Joe Davis on Sunday. I like Joe. You could have pulled Joe across. It's just not, it's not Rich's thing. And it, it was, it was, for some reason, bothering me more than it should have. Well, I was watching the game, game with my son Jackson, right, who's sick as anything, but he's he's sitting there watching the game, and I'm, I'm listening. Through the haze of the flu. Correct, through the haze of the flu. And he's not criticizing Eisen, but I'm I'm sitting there It'd listening. would be great if he was. Right, he's asking Pepper me with questions about the game and whatever, and I'm getting him a blanket, and he's, you know, battling the, the fever and everything. And I'm listening to the game. I'm like, God, this is just. Yeah. And I can't, because normally in that situation, which I've discussed before here, I turn the volume down. Right. But I can't turn the volume down because my son's watching the game and he doesn't want to watch the game without the volume. So <laughs> the volume's up and I'm listening. I'm like, God, this is awful. Yeah, it was not it was not it good. Was but the games broadcast. were good. The games were entertaining. The games were really good. I do good. love Saturday football. Yes. I do love Saturday football. I think that during the uh, – toward the tail end of the NFL regular season, I think it works. Wasn't there a time where the a- one championship game was on Saturday and the other was on Sunday? Like, for some reason, I feel like that that crazy – um, not the Bills' comeback. Didn't they lose to... Uh, yes, I do remember. It, it used to be Saturday, Sunday, it not was, both right? on the same yeah, day. Yeah, it used Correct. to be split. Okay, Correct. I'm not crazy. Yes, I do remember that. I th- yeah, I do remember that happening. And yeah. I don't know how many years it happened, but I feel like there was... there was a, I have a one distinct memory of their well, I know, being Saturday and well, Sunday. Right, I mean, one. that game, Giants-Niners, when they went to Tampa, right. that was on a Sunday yeah. because they left right from San Francisco down to Tampa. Right. Yeah. And I believe, right, I believe the Bills' comeback against... Was it, oh, uh, no, when the Bills destroyed the Raiders. That game was on a Saturday, Ra- 51-3. 51-3. That game was a Saturday. That was a Saturday. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, they changed it up. All right, Malusis and Bogish with you. We'll come back. We'll get more into the NFL. Plenty, plenty to get to. Uh, even talk a little, maybe a little bit about Star, about Star Wars as well. Haven't seen it yet. Want to see it. Uh, I don't know if I'll have time to see it during the holidays, but the reviews have been... Hit and miss. We'll get into that next. It's uh, Mark Malusa's Andrew Bogus, CBS Sports Radio. Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. Bogish is catching up on Star Wars films. Last night I got home was laying down. Force Awakens was on, right? And that's the first of this new reinvigorated Star Wars run, A.J. Abrams and the like. And 
Force Awakens, I know people say, well, it was like the new hope, and, and that is true, but I enjoyed it, right? I mean, I I don't need to see some great Marvel in order to enjoy a movie. Um, you know, and they've been pretty good. You know, I enjoyed The Last Jedi. I enjoyed Rogue One. I think, I, you know, I even enjoyed Han Solo, you know, Solo, even though that gets roundly I didn't booed. see that one yet. I, I enjoyed it. Watched it on Netflix, uh, me and uh, my boys. And my, I, I actually enjoyed it. I'm a Star Wars. My wife can't stand Star Wars. She hates Star Wars. I actually enjoy it. I love it. The new one is out. The Rise of Skywalker. Is it called The Rise of Skywalker? Is that what it's called? I believe it is, right? Is that the right? The Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, The Rise of Skywalker. I have not seen it yet. I look at McCarthy. He's staring at me like I have 10 heads. Are you a Star Wars guy or no? No, I hate it. Why do you hate it? Hate it. it just uh, My uh, being exposed to it was the first one in a sleepover when I was a kid, and it's like a robot and a vacuum cleaner walking through the desert forever. N- didn't get into it. And then I decided to go to the movie theater with friends to see... The Jar Jar Binks one. Well, that's yeah. The and Phantom that was Menace. my. That was when I gave Star Wars a chance, and you can't judge it on that. I you have no interest. Judge it on that. No interest in watching fifty hours of movies now and trying to catch up. So Jar Jar Binks, which might be the worst movie character in the history of movies. Jar Jar Binks was a. I mean, George Lucas, I think, lost his mind in those three movies, and Jar Jar Binks was was <laughs> brutal. So the first move, the first time you ever saw Star Wars in the movies, you saw The Phantom Menace. That was it. Yep. And it was brutal. It was terrible. And I can understand why then that would turn you off to Star Wars forever. Now, Bogish is re-watching all of these. Are yeah. you not? I, so I, you know, first of all, was in Disney recently, walked through Galaxy's Edge, which is just mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, I, I need to see this last one in the theater, so I watched the last two again because... I just need to be reminded of things. My kids were asking me questions about the movies, and I knew I was getting things wrong. So I'm like, I got to go back and watch them. Watch the two of them as I'm, and I've got Disney Plus. So I see, you know, um, uh, Phantom Menace. I'm like, you know, I haven't watched that one in a while. Let me, let me hit play. And about 30 minutes in, I'm like, why did I do this? Because not, it's not just Jar Jar Binks. He's like the, he's the, the kind of the mascot for all of this. But the movie's terrible. The movie is Everything terrible. Everything about it, the dialogue, the idea, the CGI, all of the stuff, it's just terrible. Thank God for Natalie Portman. And you know, Right, Natalie Portman. And they just... And here's the other problem I have with The Phantom Menace. Darth Maul would have been an amazing character. Right. And they did nothing with him. Does he even say a word? No. And he's dead. And he's dead. Immediately. Immediately. Cut in half in Cut the first in, one. Uh, I mean, and he could, would have been, and right. he would have been an amazing villain. I mean, the look of him, the lightsaber, the double, yeah. he would have been amazing. Doing spins and flips Spin, and, and everything. Whatever. And then he's dead basically in the blink of an eye. I'm like, yeah. how could you kill the main villain that quickly? Yeah, and I don't, I don't know anything like if that follows the actual written story. I don't know how that how any of that goes in terms of its like I mean, validity, but it just it they just suck. Now Sith is better, right? The third one of that group the is The third one is better. Gets better. Yes, it does. But these first two are just The first two are atrocious. tough to get through. Atrocious. Yeah, it was the and I'm a, I love Star Wars and I have them on DVD, Blu-ray, what have you. Uh I after the Phantom Menace, I did not see the other two movies in the theaters. Yeah. I waited to where they I could rent them at the time and and do it that watch it at home because I'm like I'm not spending money on this because Phantom Menace was so bad. Yeah, I mean it was so bad, and not just 
from a Star Wars perspective, just from a movie. Yeah, it's and I bad. waited online. Ugh. I waited online up in Syracuse, New York, for Phantom Menace. To, I went there with all my butt. We were like, we can't wait. Well, let's go see. It's going to be great. This and that. It was just downright terrible. So, Phantom. Now I bring that up because Star Wars people, it's very hit and miss. The reviews of the rise and score yes. uh, uh, of Skywalker. Better so, than cats. Better than oh. cats. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Good line, Pete. Uh, yeah, it's better than cats. But there's some people that love it, and there's some people that basically can't stand it. Now, from a pure entertainment value, I hear it's a good movie. Now, from a storyline perspective, I hear it's bad. So it, I'm there. Are you into the storyline of Star Wars, or are you there just to be entertained? No, I mean, I, I guess I want to know. I, I, now, I don't have, like, questions that need to be answered, um, and I don't, so I don't know how I'm going to feel about certain things, like, being answered. But I need, I need a little more than just lightsabers and starships. Like, I, I need to have a little substance to it. You need some it. substance. Yeah. So the previous sure? 40 hours of this movie trilogy it's thing, that's franchise, it's like, it's like it, hasn't, or 30. it hasn't answered all the questions for no, you yet? I mean, come on. Not. No, there's still stuff that needs to be answered. Right, which Skywalker is rising. Now, Pete, do you feel bothered the fact that you're out of the loop, or are you happy you're out of the loop? Of the Star Wars loop. Well, I, I don't want to invest all that time and figure it out. Like, you got to be exposed to stuff when you're young. Yes. Otherwise, at no, 35 I, I years old, I can't sit down and watch 40 hours of Star Wars you and try to figure it all out. You don't need to watch 40. I don't think I could do it because I already know. There's no surprises. Like, for instance, oh, yes, I've never sat down and watched all of Godfather, but I tried to do it. I tried to sit down and watch all the Godfather, and I'm so distracted by all the actors actually being young, and I know the famous scenes, they're going to be there, the horse head is coming. There's no surprise. It's like it takes away from it. Well, I understand there's no surprise, but it doesn't. I wouldn't take me. It wouldn't take from my take away from my enjoyment nonetheless. I mean, you don't know everything that happened in Star Luke, Wars. Luke, I am your father. Like, you know, that's supposed to be the big stunner, right? Well, that was it. the big stunner. You know that, but everything in the new ones, you don't know no right like where does where does ray come from like there's right. a lot of questions to be kylo answered. ren right the new you know the new darth vader why are they connected mm. yeah i don't know any yeah. of those things <laughs> so you know it's okay <laughs> it's, not, it's not 40 hours Pete. Dude, you need to watch is... you know, the original three i wish i could make Pete three. jealous i think he's actually satisfied the fact that he has no idea and could care less about star wars yeah i, I might be more bothered by you not watching godfather one and two but I also, I've never seen Rambo. So, I mean, like, that's my trade-off. You never saw just, Rambo? No. N not start to finish. The first one? Any of them. Like, I, I, like, I guess well, I have they to get say, out of They get crazy. Right. I mean, the first Rambo is a great movie. Yeah, you know what? I don't, I don't like... Um, Rambo all of a sudden becomes like Superman as the, as, the, as the movies go along. But the first Rambo is a great movie. I, I John think, Rambo I in the town. I think it's me Ryan versus Dennehy. Sliced Alone. Like, I'm not, I'm not a Rocky not a guy either. But it's like a badge of honor now that you haven't seen it, right? You got to hold on to that. Yeah. I guess. Yeah, I have no need to watch Rocky or Rambo, but I feel like you need to see Godfather, and I think... It's amazing you your sportscaster has never seen Rocky. But, like, I know all the things I need to know from Rocky. I need to, I know Drago. I know I'll, I will end you. I know Adrian. Well, that's I my know point Car on Star Wars. Right, like, exactly. I know it. Well, what do I need to know? But you, you, the Rocky movie is Apollo Creed, Clubber Lang. Yeah, no, I'm good. Rocky Eye of the Tiger. Four, Eye of the Tiger, going back to L.A., training <laughs> with <laughs> Apollo Creed. And I've heard the good ones are... The, the new ones are good. Yeah, the new ones aren't bad. The Creed ones are good. Yeah, the Creed ones are good. They are good. I agree with you there. The first Creed was very good. The second one was very good as well. I, I enjoyed those. So what movies are you into, Pete? I like comedies. You know, Sandler, Carrie, back in the day, Dumb and Dumber would be my A number mm. one. I'll watch the Oscar movies just about every year and okay. dabble in the, the serious film. But... I don't really know what I'm watching. You don't know. So, are, do you, I mean, I guess I... I went it? to one movie this year. It was the Jordan was the... Peele movie. Oh, really? Jordan Peele has gotten me out the last two 
movies he's had. Do you watch, what's the movie where they ride the broomsticks around? Harry Potter. No. No. No, Lord of the Rings, all the fantasy stuff. Star and then Star Wars falls into that for me. I'm out on all that. I did watch Game of Thrones, though it took a while, and actually it wasn't as fantasy oriented, so it didn't bother me. It was more political and evil. I liked. I I like Game of Thrones. More like wizards and ghosts, and but it wasn't a featured part of it. Yeah, it it kept me away from it initially, but there's enough. It's more like medieval than it is necessarily spiritual. But it did get a little bit more spiritual and a little bit more spiritual heavy as this went along. I actually thought it went the opposite way because you had the walkers, right, and then they didn't really factor into anything. Well, then they came back, and you had the woman in red and the fire. Yeah. She was there for a little and then while. And the, the whole thing talking about life. I, I don't know. I, it did get, I, to me, I think it got a little bit more spiritual. But you're not into Star Wars. You basically just watch comedies and Adam Sandler movies. That would be my go-to. <laughs> Whatever's on TBS, right? Like throw on uh, Vince Vaughn movie, Will Ferrell, Talladega uh, Nights is on sub-channel all the time. Step Brothers is on yeah. at least every six hours on cable. Wedding so. Crashers too, and that's just, you can't watch those movies on regular TV. No, they you cut, cut out too much yes. stuff. That makes it, it doesn't way do it too service. lame. But they're not good enough for me to go out and actually search out and put on the actual movie. It's just perfect, like, background, background. go ahead. Per- love it. Gotcha. Pete, what's going on this morning, buddy? How much time do I have here, by the way? Plenty Should it be time. quick? Yeah, no, okay. Whatever you need. All right, yeah. let's go. Yeah. Uh, we know it's been an awful year for the NFC East, but, you know, they got to send somebody to the playoffs. It is a rule. Inform Uh, our audience, Pete McCarthy. It now looks like the Eagles will be that team. 17-9 winners over the Cowboys. Only 13 carries for Ezekiel Elliott. Here's Dak Prescott. When you can't run, especially this offense, um, the way we want to run and and dictate how the game's going to be played, um, it's frustrating. And you have to throw the ball a lot. And Anytime you make any team in the league one-dimensional, um, you're giving yourself a better chance. And uh, they did that. They had a good plan. That they did. Now, Eagles fans, they were stoked on the win. So much, in fact, that a pair of fans snuck into Doug Peterson's post-game press conference. Doug, what can you say about your defense? It doesn't allow. It doesn't allow. Who is, who, who, who is this? You got to go. Is he credentialed? Time out. That is great. Full or a full? Yeah, I want a full. <laughs> full timeouts. They booted him out. What, nice. what do you think gave them away? Uh, probably they were drunk. <laughs> that might have done it. That might have done it. Uh, the Seahawks were shocked by Dressed the Cardinals. In green. <laughs> they got the jackets on. Right. They're the sitting j- outside, faces right. all red, eating a hot dog with a mustard stain <laughs> on the on the, on the with a mustard stain on the Reggie White. Uh, uh, home uh, eagle jersey. No, do if they had the jerseys on, that would definitely be a dead giveaway. That probably not, not with the media. Uh, Seahawks are shocked by the Cardinals, twenty-seven thirteen. They lost running backs Chris Carson and C.J. Procise, both believed to be done for the season. You had Michael Thomas set a right, record, one hundred forty-five go. receptions. Yeah. That's they're, okay. They're you angrier than us. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, sounds good. Hey, well, Pete, good job, brother. <laughs> good luck, guys. Good. Sorry, I hate Star Wars. No, that's right. <laughs> we love you, Pete. It's Malusis and Bogish with you on this Monday morning. We'll come back. We got a little undercard for you. Some things that we have not hit upon so far over the course of the last two plus hours, right here, CBS Sports Radio.
All right, Mark Malusis and Andrew Bogish with you. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line is brought to you by Geico. Great news. Quick way you can save money. Switch to Geico. Go to geico.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on your car insurance. Time right now to answer our Ask the Pros question of the day brought to you by O'Reilly Auto Parts. Today's question is from Bob in Idaho. Wants to know, how much blame does Jerry Jones deserve for the Cowboys underachieving? They have not been to the NFC title game in 24 years. Jones has been there the whole time. Don't forget, you can submit a question by going to cbssportsradio.com slash askthepros. Keeping a car clean is a simple and expensive form of maintenance, and O'Reilly Auto Parts has the cleaning and detailing products you need, including washes, waxes, polishes, leather, and vinyl care. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts for Clean Car Month. O'Reilly Auto Parts, better parts, better prices every single day. I mean, deserves a ton of it. I mean, there's nobody that's blameless uh, with the Dallas Cowboys failure, and if you're the owner slash personnel man and you are Jerry Jones, certainly you deserve blame. But the flip side is if you don't like the Cowboys, if you root for another team in the NFC East yes. or in the NFC, Jerry's your favorite guy <laughs> because this all does connect back to him, and as long as he is in charge, as long as he's being him, they're going to be held back to some extent. Now, they still may be – they might find a coach and the right mix of players – that they can push far enough back for, to Jerry that they get into the playoffs easily and maybe have a first round by, maybe win a game or two, maybe get to the NFC title game, but they're always going to be stunted by him. Now, the one thing he doesn't do is apparently what your guy did yesterday was go down to the field and tell Dwayne Haskins not to go back into that game. Which is insane. Against the Giants yesterday. I mean, which is insane when you think about it. And from every aspect of it. I mean, from every aspect. And Snyder's lost. Lost. I mean, he's absolutely lost from every single level. Think about what you have to do to try and win down there in Washington and all of the nonsense and BS that you have to deal with. And I, I Think about that. Uh, even so, I mean, that you are setting that team up for failure. The way that he handles Dwayne Haskins and is treating Dwayne Haskins, I mean, you are not you're not helping the process. You're hurting the yeah. process. Yeah, and by the way, I thought Dwayne Haskins looked pretty good yesterday. I thought he did look good. I agree with you before now, the he got Giants hurt. Giants are also terrible. But... but to actually go to him on the sideline and say, don't go back in the game? Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing here? And not even to, like, call down on the bat phone. Like, there's got to be a direct Snyder phone from the booth of the sideline. He actually went down there. Right, right. We've seen enough. Yeah. We've seen Don't enough. Don't go back in. Crazy. Protect yourself. Yeah, that's exactly right. Save yourself. <laughs> I mean, but that – is there no worse run team in the NFL no. than the Washington Redskins? And Even as bad and comically disappointing the Cowboys are this year – at least Jones has got a clue. Snyder's completely well, lost. He's right there with Dolan as one of the worst owners in sports. And I guess maybe to their credit, the NFLPA has not yet written a letter to players that said maybe think about signing with them like they did with the Jaguars last week. The Redskins have at least avoided that, a union-certified hint to not go to Washington. Well, how about Coughlin lost his mind finding yeah. people? I mean, he's finding guys left and right to where the Players Association basically said, you know, I would advise not signing with the Jaguars. Uh, amazing. I mean, crazy. Um, and I that's got, it for Coughlin. He's yeah, not getting another that's opportunity. It. That's no, it. That's if enough. you were fired down in Jacksonville where – you know, you started your charity. You've done a lot of great work. His family has had an impact on the society and the community down there. And and Tom Coughlin's a good man, but I mean, th there's authority and there's insanity. Yeah. I mean, then and Tom Coughlin seems to have basically lost his mind down there. Uh, and I gotta point this out. Going back to your your skins, you've mentioned the terrible food yes. in their stadium. Um, I think it was Ross Tucker. I might be confused, but but somebody tweeted a picture of the media meal yesterday, and you know that like those like. 
Oh, not, Tucker loves doing that. Not sternos, but like the little metal like heating plates. One was just a tub of vodka sauce. The one next to it was Belgian waffles. Oh, that's... What are you supposed to do with that? I have no idea. I have no and idea. And none of it looked at, looked appealing. And yeah. I love those things separately. I do, yeah. But a little what? penne with vodka sauce oh, is great. A little Belgian and... waffle syrup. That's good stuff. Yeah, but not not next to each other. No, what not if there's next some cross-contamination? Skins are lost, dude. Lost. I love it. Absolutely. And somehow the Giants are still worse. <laughs> I know. And the Gi- <laughs> All right, let's get to it. Here we go. The undercard. What do we got, Shep, this morning, buddy? Basically, the, the most... undercard. Right, yes. right. That's a good image. Thank the... you, hacker. Yeah, right. The... I don't know what you're talking about. The most image. <laughs> uh, no, the most disappointing team we've talked about is the Cowboys. But in terms of what the Rams have done, going from the Super Bowl appearance and now not making the postseason, guys, how disappointing have they been this season? Yeah, I think so. Uh, you know, a little bit of a Super Bowl hangover. McVay talked about the fact that he overthought things and the way that he devised a game plan going up against the Patriots. Goff was terrible last year in that Super Bowl against the New England Patriots. A victory for the Pats. And this season, he said, all right, can they get overcome that? Early on returns were pretty good. Then they went through some defensive woes, then offensive woes. We've talked about Gurley a lot. Uh, The offensive line has been a massive issue this year as well. Uh, And now they're talking about wholesale changes to that coaching staff too, Bogish. I I think the Rams certainly, they're behind behind the the, uh, Dallas Cowboys, but the Rams have gone all in. Yeah, there's not that. That's the one thing that you would look at it where the Cowboys are not all in on everything, where they've mortgaged everything. The Rams have basically mortgaged the next five years of their franchise on this team. Yeah, I'm I'm probably being too lenient with them, but I almost want to give them a pass because I feel like that Super Bowl hangover is a real thing. Like it cuts into your off season. The turnaround is quick. The disappointments there. They made a lot of mistakes personnel wise. Bet on the wrong guy. Thought they recover other places. The Todd Gurley usage all year was was confusing. So I, but I I think though that they see where they've made their mistakes. Um, I think McVay understands what's gone wrong. He's going to make some coaches, like you said. It might even be Wade Phillips, like you said as well. So uh, I I think next year more is where they have no room for forgiveness next year because they they should be better than they are right now. And if they're not better next year then not that you're going to fire McVay, but then it's really time to get on their backside for not being good enough. What else we got, Shep? Are you the most impressed when it comes to NFL teams, the 49ers, what they did with the emotional win about C.J. Beathard's family? They are the number one seed in the NFC. No one's talking about them. Um, No, I mean, I, I think the team I'm most impressed by is the team that we talked about earlier on in the show, and that's the Baltimore Ravens. Um, you know, the, the Niners are a wonderful story. You look at the job that John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan have done this year. There's no question about it, Andrew, but uh, I still think the Ravens are, are the thing that, that most impresses me about this uh, about this year. Yeah, the Niners might be the best team in the NFC. I, you know, I, I was kind of leaning towards the Saints for some reason, um, but, I, but the Niners, they're going to travel well. They play defense, and Garoppolo, to me, has answered, he has answered the questions. He was fine in that game in Baltimore. They almost won. Um, he's, been, he's been not always their best player, but... Has there been a game this year where they've won in spite of him? I can't think of the top of my head. Like, you know, he's answered a lot of questions for me of where he Kittle's kinda... a hell of a tight end. Right. And then and then Kyle Shanahan, the emotional post-game speech the team posted about C.J. Beth. And if you don't know the story, C.J. Beathard's brother, who's a quarterback actually near here in New York at, at um, LIU Post, it's just LIU now, um, was killed over the weekend at a bar, in a bar Brutal. fight, basically, in Memphis. Um, so, I mean, and and... 
all the players are tight with him. Some knew his brother. Kittle was with Beathard in college, so that had even more home to him. So it was definitely an emotional win and an emotional game with a lot on the line. They didn't have to win it, but they pulled it out in the end for a bunch of different reasons. And um, if they're the number one seed in the end, it's going to be awfully tough to beat them in in Santa Clara. Well, it certainly will be, and that's going to do it for us here on this uh, Monday morning. We're going to be back tomorrow for Christmas Eve, special Christmas Eve edition. Scheduled to appear tomorrow. That's exactly, yeah, scheduled. Right, God willing, hopefully. Chef, good job across the way. Uh, Bilotti as well. McCarthy with the updates. Dan Wolken, USA Today. Bogus, good stuff as always, brother. Moose, enjoy your Monday. You got it. Until tomorrow, everybody. Peace. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023.